0: So, I'm watching the, the NBC report. I'm listening to Mike Milbury uh, I'm talking about the firing of Mike Babcock today, which I always find it fascinating to listen to him talk about somebody else getting fired. I'll switch back to the Montreal game and turn the volume down a bit. But you, you know what I don't get is this, and I keep hearing this, and they said it too. The Toronto Maple Leafs likely want to play this wide-open game. Mike Babcock probably wanted a more physical, defensive team. Well, no. Babcock and De- Detroit didn't have a physical team. Could they play defense? Absolutely. The idea that, all right, so Sheldon Keefe's going to come in and they're going to play a more wide-open, crazy style, which you know is, is going to make this, this absolutely work. I don't see how. And here's my problem. Now, I'm going to be taking notes while I'm watching this game at the same time. And probably answering my wife. Oh, boy. Um, So, yeah, I just got to write a note up here. Uh, Do, do, do. You guys can hear the game in the background, right? So it's Montreal and Ottawa. Shots are eighteen to six. That's what I had to write down. Just the shots are more than three to one for the Habs. Dear Lord. But here's here's my issue with Toronto, and here's here's where, and and it's easy to call Kyle Dubas a moron and an idiot and all this. And I I get why people talk about him like that. I I kind of get it. But I think he overestimates the talent. So we've got Austin Matthews, who is a supremely talented. 50-goal scorer, 100-point producer, if he can stay healthy, absolutely. I will not argue that Matthews could score 100 points this year in 50 goals. Gotcha. John Tavares, if healthy, 40, 45-goal scorer, great, amazing, fantastic, yes. Uh, Marner, if he can get healthy, come back. Marner is more than a point-per-game player, one of the best uh, passers in the National Hockey League, done. William Nylander, uh, probably on probably going to end up scoring around sixty points. He'll have a nice bounce back from last year. We talk a lot about his contract and all that, but his cap hit of six point nine million really isn't that far out. When you look at the contracts that RFA's were getting this year, it's really not that far out of whack. Aho got what eight point five million. That's the cap hit. I know he got way more than that from the Habs. The Habs paid eleven billion dollars up front or whatever it was. But outside of those four. Where's this tremendous talent for Toronto? Like, outside of those top four forwards, and on the blue line, you can argue Morgan Riley and and Tyson Berry if he can get it going, but I, I don't see a lot of top-end talent that you can go out there and do a run-and-gun type of game. The other problem is, I, I'm trying to remember the last time I saw a team play run-and-gun offense strictly and not worry as much about the defensive side of things, and win a Stanley Cup. Now, you could point to the Pittsburgh Penguins from 2016 and 2017 if you don't remember that their goaltending was a major part of that second one. Their goaltending was important in the first one as well in 2016. Yes, you have Crosby and they could out, they could score a lot, but their defense was excellent as well. There isn't a, a guy I look at on the Leafs and say, there's their Brian Dumoulin. There isn't a guy in the Leafs right now that I look at and say, "There's their Colton Pareco. I think Jake Muzzin's supposed to be that. I think Jake Muzzin's a a good player, but do I look at Jake Muzzin and see a, a defenseman that I think can put them over the top for a Stanley Cup? No. And and so it, the the real challenge here for the for the Leafs is you've got a guy who's in charge who's saying, "I want skill." we're going to win with skill and speed and we're going to dazzle everybody. And you've got a league that normally your Stanley cup champion doesn't work that way. We just watched the St. Louis blues run everybody over in 2019 and the Bruins didn't play that same way, but the Bruins can play that way. And I've, I've pointed this out to people before too, that the Bruins are not the big, bad Bruins anymore. I still hear that being talked about with them. They're really not the big, bad Bruins anymore, but they can answer that kind of play. They can do that. If you want to get down in the muck and the mire, they can do that. That's fine with them. And, and the Leafs really can't. And, and by trading Kadri, they just cut themselves off at the knees again. Because I like Alex Kerfoot, but I don't put him as a run-and-gun type player who's going to be pure skill. And he also can't give you that grit that you had with Kadri when Kadri was there. So it's this roster that's really kind of this this mix. And I I don't know if I'm Mike Babcock today and I get that phone call that you're out of here. I don't know if I feel bad at all. I'm going to feel some sense of, well, I I didn't get accomplished in Toronto what I wanted to. But I I don't know that I'm going to be that truly upset. He gets paid for the rest of his contract. Gets a lot of money. And I remember when he signed that contract, there was a lot of joking about how you know, this This was a really rich contract for a coach. And everybody seemed to have the opinion that he was probably the best coach out there that was available, and the Leafs weren't messing around. I, I respected them at the time for saying, all right, we're not messing around. This isn't the same old Leafs anymore. And Matthew's rookie season, they weren't. But where they're missing is guys like Matt Martin and Leo Komarov, guys that, that even fans, and this isn't... This isn't a matter of of just you know management saying it. I remember fans saying, "Oh well, Komarov's useless. Martin's useless. Martin doesn't do anything for his money. He doesn't do anything." And this is because we get very caught up in we get caught up in, in, in goals and assists and just a, a lot of things that that a guy like a Matt Martin will do or a Leo Komarov will do may not show up on the score sheet, but it makes a difference. And that's why they're with the Islanders. The Islanders know how to deploy them correctly. Barry Trotz knows how to deploy them correctly. And they're, they're playing pretty well for the Islanders. The Islanders are off to a pretty good start to the season. So uh, really, in all honesty, I, I don't know how you fix this. We have a general manager who doesn't want those big physical guys. He's been clear about it. He doesn't want those big physical guys. And for the record, Babcock didn't e- either. Now, Babcock was talking out of his backside a couple of months ago when he was talking about, well, we've got some guys coming up that are going to help us in that area. And all the media went, who the hell is he talking about? What guys are coming? Turns out he may have meant his grandkids and just retirement. That may have just been, like, code for him saying, I'm just going to retire anyways. I'll just watch my, my kids and grandkids and all that. I don't really care. Uh... The, the reality for the Leafs right now is, is it's th- this is a tough one. This is a really, really tough one. I don't know how you fix it. Maybe Sheldon keeps the answer. Maybe Sheldon Keefe steps in. He knows enough of these guys from the American Hockey League that there's some kind of magic, and he's, he's the Leaf whisperer. And the next thing you know, they're right back in the playoffs, and they look great. But I, I think if they try to win just with pure skill... Like if they go out on the ice against the Washington Capitals and they try to win that game in pure skill, they're going to get killed. They go out and they run and gun against the Bruins and that top line, they're going to get killed. Now I know people are going to say, "Well, they were losing to those teams anyways." No, no, we're talking slaughter. If you open up the ice, you give that you give that Bergeron line ice because you're not playing defense, you're loosey goosey. They'll run. They'll run up the score six or seven to one. Give Ovechkin ice space. Okay, sure. So if they're going to open up the game, if this is a signal that we want to open up the game and make it pure skill, even, for instance, I'm watching Montreal right now. Montreal can skate. They've got depth. They've got five or six different guys that can hurt you on any given night. You can't just shut down one line and have a really good chance against Montreal because that second or third line can bite you. And everybody knows I'm a Bruins fan, so I'm not going to lie about that. But... If the, if the Leafs try to run and gun with these guys, they could lose. And it's, again, you're, you're trying to win in the playoffs. You've been in the playoffs three years in a row now. Fans are not going to accept another first-round exit, especially with cap problems they're going to have this summer. Fans want results. They want at least round two. And I don't know that this team is built for that. I just don't. I don't know that I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs right now and I say, yep, that team's built to win. That's a Stanley Cup winner. Uh, I I could see them. Last year I talked about them as potentially being a President's Trophy contender or a winner. Because I thought their skill... Oh, look at that. Ottawa tied it. Wow. On their ninth shot. Wow. Being outshot 21-9 to 9 and they've just tied it. This is that rope-a-dope. That, that ages me. The fact that I know what rope dope is. And if you don't know what rope-a-dope is, that's, that's fine. Uh, It's Muhammad Ali did it. It's from many, many years ago. It's a boxing term, and it's basically you just lean back, and you just let your opponent punch themselves out, and, and then you win. And it just feels sometimes like that's what Ottawa does. But remember, if Ottawa wins tonight, they're, what, two wins behind Toronto? One win behind Toronto if they win tonight. And that's where we're at. So, Ottawa that's paying everybody and I think it's monopoly money this year. I don't think there's actual money being exchanged. Toronto's paying 40 million dollars to its top four forwards and they're not very far ahead of Ottawa. So, yeah, that's the world we live in now. I don't I don't know. Does does Toronto have a chance? Does Toronto have a roster right now that is capable? of not just turning this around and getting into a playoff spot, but winning a Stanley Cup. Because if Kyle Dubas isn't trying to put together a team that can win a Stanley Cup, I, I don't know what he can do. And and again, now that he's fired the coach, if the team continues to struggle, this is Toronto. The, the patience will wear thin with Kyle Dubas very, very quickly if this team continues to struggle under Sheldon Keefe. So he, they better hope he's the Leaf Whisperer, and that this whole idea of if if what they want is run-and-gun hockey, they better hope it works, because I don't see enough talent in that room to make run-and-gun hockey necessarily work. Keep in mind, whether I do or don't cheer for certain teams, like Montreal, like Toronto, or whatever, it is always far more interesting when you have original six teams in the playoffs. To me, it's always more interesting the more Canadian teams you have in the playoffs, and if Montreal and Toronto could meet in a playoff series, somehow, some way, by hook or by crook, my God, that would be absolutely beautiful. I would have to watch every minute of that. That would be absolutely fantastic. And then, after every game, I would have to be on social media, just watching as fans just tear each other to pieces. It would be the most amazing... Um, meeting of two teams in Canada possible. And that includes the Battle of Alberta, as nasty as that can get. I think if you had Montreal and Toronto in the playoffs, it would be fantastic. Let me know what you guys think. Thank you guys for your time, for your attention. And we'll get back to taking notes on this game that somehow won one, even though Montreal's dominated this game, it really shouldn't be. And it's Pajot that got the goal, because of course it is. Of course it's Pajot. Because of course it is. And Borowiecki gets another point, because why not? And Ennis as well, because he must have saw that I did a video on how he's uh, cost per point. He's one of the best players in the league, and he decided to bring that number even lower than what it was. Fantastic run for Ottawa, and if they win this game tonight, I don't know. Can they do it? Can Ottawa actually do this? Uh, I will say, I've, I've... Been able to find a couple of Ottawa jerseys lately as well, so if i got to start wearing Ottawa stuff more regularly in reviews, I'm totally fine with that. But let me know what you guys think. The big question, can the Toronto Maple Leafs organization, with this roster that they've put together, can it win a championship? I'm not talking about whether we cheer for them or don't. Can this franchise, as it's constituted, win a championship? My answer right now, would be no. And it's for the simple reason that that third-line center, the cadre was, they need that. I don't know that Kerfoot's the guy. The defensive depth, uh, I love what Justin Hall's doing too, but I, I don't think the depth is where you want it. And backup goaltending is really, really damned important in this day, this day and age where you have to have two goaltenders to have a chance. Look at any team that's gone anywhere... You have to have two goaltenders have a chance. And before anybody says St. Louis, in the second half last season, Jake Allen's numbers got better after Bennington became the starter. So it is important to have two goaltenders. I speak as somebody who's cheered for Boston for a long time. When Rask was being forced to play too much, by the time the playoffs rolled around, he sucked. So you can't have a situation where your starter's playing too often. You have to have two goaltenders in this day and age. Let me know your thoughts. Thank you guys for your time and your attention. I will talk to you again soon.